0: Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Mastry, and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for Monday, April the 18th, Monday in the Octave of Easter. The Octave of Easter are the eight days following the resurrection of the Lord, in which we are invited during this particular time to set some time aside, to meditate, to pray, and to reflect on all that has happened during the 40 days of Lent, but most especially during Holy Week and the three days of the Tridium, leading up to yesterday's glorious resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And our reading this morning comes to us by way of the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 28, verses 8 through 15. Matthew 28, verses 8 through 15, which is really a continuation of the gospel reading from Matthew yesterday, in which Mary of Magdala and Mary come and they prepare to anoint the body of Jesus and prepare him. And in so doing, they find the empty tomb. And this morning continues that particular episode in which the women hurried away from the tomb, half overjoyed and half fearful. They're overjoyed because deep down they are now beginning to remember that Jesus told them that he would be put to death, but on the third day he would rise. But they're also fearful because, if you remember, they went and told uh, Simon, Simon Peter, and John, that someone has stolen the body. But now, as they run to carry, and Matthew says, the good news, the gospel to his disciples, suddenly, without warning, Jesus stood before them and said, Peace. Peace is the first gift of the resurrected Christ. It is not a peace that the world can give, and it's not a peace that the world can take away, because it is that true and lasting peace that comes through the death and resurrection of Christ. Because what really fills us with fear, a fear that paralyzes, and fear does paralyze, fear also makes us do irrational uh, things, exercise poor judgment when we panic, or when we're worried. We don't surrender things to Almighty God and place them in God's divine hands, God's providence. We can do strange things, things that we would not ordinarily do when fear-driven rather than driven and blessed by faith and trust. And so Jesus says to them in mere... uh, in the midst of their being overjoyed and half-fearful, he says, peace. Peace is that first gift of the risen Christ to his church, to the world, and to each and every one of us. And Jesus just appears because Jesus is no longer, is no longer the Jesus of Good Friday or of Holy Saturday. He is the risen Lord, and he transcends space and time, yet he is also in history, in time. And he says to them, peace, and the women come up, and they embrace his feet, and they did him homage. At this, Jesus says to them, very important, do not be afraid, do not be afraid. Do not be filled with that fear that paralyzes, that fear that keeps you from living and preaching and witnessing, because that's what they're going to do. They're going to be called to witness in short order of what really happened, what really happened on that Easter morning. At this, Jesus said to them, go and carry the news to my brothers, that they are to go to Galilee, where they will see me. Isn't this something? Think about it for a moment. Jesus is telling them to go and carry the good news. They are to be the evangelist. They are to be the apostles. Not apostles in the sense of the twelve apostles, but the word apostoloi, from the Greek. It means one who is sent, one who is on a mission, one who has a purpose, a meaning. And these two women, Mary of Magdala and Mary, they are to go and carry the first good news. And that's really surprising in a sense because this is recorded in the Gospel of St. Matthew And Matthew's gospel is very patriarchal because he's writing mainly for a Jewish community. If you read the nativity scene in the gospel of St. Matthew, Joseph is the predominant figure. In the gospel of Luke, women predominate. It really centers on Mary and Mary's interaction with the angel Gabriel. And Mary is the one who really takes the active role in the formative years of Jesus in the temple and so on. Mary is present even in the Gospel of St. John as the one who directs the first sign of Jesus, the changing of the water and the wine, into the, uh, the changing the water at the wedding at Cana into his blood, into the wine, which will be a symbol of his blood. And the women were returning. Some of the guard went into the city and they reported to the chief priest all that had happened. Uh, so the women are they go and they carry out the mission given them by Jesus to be his witnesses, to be his apostoloi. Uh, and the uh, guards who are there, they are now guarding an empty tomb. So now they have to come up with something to explain this. So they go and they report everything to the chief priest, to the religious authorities. Uh, And they have to get together with the elders and all of the religious establishment. And they come up with a bribe. They bribe the guards. And they say, look, this is what you ought to do. Uh, Say his disciples came during the night and stole him while we were asleep. In other words, come in, roll that stone back, uh, and just tell them that uh, we were sleeping. They were sleeping on duty. And they go on and they say, if any word of this gets back to the procurator, Pontius Pilate, uh, we'll straighten it out. Uh, You'll get out of trouble, don't worry. We can probably bribe him too. That's the way of the world lie, bribe, deceive, uh, rather than to say, he is risen. The soldiers pocketed the money and did as they had been instructed. And this is the story that circulates among the Jews to this very day, the day of Matthew, that somehow this was all just a plan and a setup. Jesus didn't really rise. Uh, He was stolen, and uh, that's what the disciples did. So the empty tomb doesn't prove anything, and on its face it doesn't, but that's where our faith comes in. But this particular episode has great carryover to us, doesn't it? For it is not just Mary of Magdala and not just the other Mary, each and every one of us is to go forth in the peace of Christ with the good news that he is risen. This is the day and the life after the day before, after yesterday. Now comes our part, our challenge, to witness, to give testimony by our thoughts, our words, and our actions that what we believe what we trust, what we say, and how we act is true. If Jesus is indeed risen from the dead, and we truly believe that in our hearts and in our minds, the challenge for us is to live that, is to live that in our everyday lives. And regardless of what happens, regardless of the ups and downs of life, regardless of opposition, ostracism, ridicule, and even when we stumble and fall and the winds and waves and torrents within us and around us wash over us, the abiding words of Jesus are for us. Peace. Do not be afraid. Go and carry the good news. That is meant for us. That's our mission. We not only have a mission, we are the mission. Through our baptism, we are the mission by the way in which we live our daily lives as Christians. If we really believe, if we really trust, if we're really in that peace of Christ, in our hearts and in our minds, in the center of our being, We rise with Christ, we live with Christ, and it shows, it's evidenced by the fruits that we bear, the fruits of our life. So let us today, in this day after the day before, go forth in the peace of Christ, not fearful, but confident and rejoicing that Jesus is not among the dead, He is among the living, and we, every day, serve as witnesses to the truth that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, and he lives. And because he lives, we too live every day. God bless you.